Hi, Nora. How are you? You know, I never believed in that whole Mercury's in retrograde nonsense or whatever, but today has just been a clusterfuck of technical snafus <gasps> and... Like, I thought we weren't allowed to little, swear on the podcast. That's the beauty of podcasting. I swear <laughs> if I want to. How are you? I bought these sweatpants from Roots. Mm-hmm. Look, they've got that weird sports bottom. Oh, that's cute, though. It's like a little um, sort of the top of hockey socks kind of at the bottom. Yeah, but I don't skate. <laughs> <laughs> but I just wanted, with it getting cold and stuff, and Roots had a great sale on. Yeah. So, so I, am first. Fir- I am up first. And uh, this is, I don't have uh, a ton to say about this. It's sort of like a little coda to the story we were doing a while ago about um, online dating. It's a piece that Wired magazine had about online dating and dating apps and how the bloom is off the rose for Gen Z, who apparently are sick to the teeth of online dating. Now, I will say there's not a lot of great, like, hard data to support. Yeah, no kidding. Which I always find with these sort of trend pieces. It's like, yeah, okay, I talked to two of my friends, and that's what they said. But anyway, it's That's what we do. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) So, for example, they point to one study where 79% of college students don't use dating apps regularly. But, I mean, as they actually point out in the article, if you're... A college student, you're surrounded by other people around your own age, so why would you be using dating apps? But anyway, it's another sort of example of how I think the promise of dating apps has proven to be illusory and, you know, the idea that as um, one person says, you know, it creates, this is a quote from the article, it creates the expectation of love as an efficient business, which... Oh, that's nice. <laughs> we all know that love or sex or hookups, none of it is efficient and none of it is without uh, a mess and heartbreak as well. Well, all I can tell you is, is that from my perspective of living in right in the center of downtown Toronto, mm-hmm. up, near the, um, up near Maple Leaf Gardens. And there's a university nearby. Yes, there is. There are two. There's U of T and Metropolitan Toronto University. Yeah. But the first thing I want to address is Grinder is going really, really, really strong. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how, yeah. How do you know? Is it talking to gay men in the neighborhood? Yes. One of my best friends has rediscovered his sex piggery. <laughs> Because the guy has three people over. He's well into his 60s. Wow. He is morning, afternoon, and late night dates. Wow. Hookups. And then he gets offended if they don't want to know his name. Right. So maybe it's not so good for Gen Z, but like the boomers are... <laughs> bum, 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 bum. <laughs> one of the things they point out in the Wired article is that people are like, Facebook is all old people. I know. I, saw <laughs> I thought it was quite funny. Yeah, but it's awful. Well, you never are on Facebook. I'm on it a lot. I get so many friend requests from horned up U.S. military. Christian singles or whatever. I don't know yeah. if they're Christians or not. Most of them are army guys mm, okay. who are widowed. But do you think they're real, or are they like catfishing scams? 
I don't know, but yeah. I just go decline, decline, yeah. decline, decline. Yeah. yeah. Or actually it's delete. But yeah, and then there's this other woman who lives in my building who also engages in sex parry. And she doesn't care if they're men or women. Mm-hmm. She doesn't care what age they are. Okay. But she does like to go to sporting events. Okay. So she trolls around MTU and U of T. Okay. You should see. Picking up university. How old is this person? In her 60s. Oh, that's gross. That's way too much of it. I think so, too. But apparently, younger people are all into old people. Sexually, I guess, because they can teach them things. I Just to say, to add to this uh, thing about this article is... There's a researcher uh, named uh, Bandarelli that they talk to, and she talks about entering this period of post-romantic love, which I think is kind of an interesting way of thinking about it. That's depressing. It is depressing. But you can think of, like, you know, the Middle Ages as being, like, the invention of courtly love, right? The invention of that notion of romantic love. And, like, maybe we're actually just... But then surely this point of these Gen Z people being tired of it is that they're, they're actually looking for romantic love. But the other thing that I thought, and this made me kind of double down on something I've been thinking about is the way that college students, university students, because they have these networks around them, they have alternatives to just meeting online. And it just really stresses the importance. And I've been thinking about this a lot because a lot of my friends are moving out of town. And just the importance of nurturing those networks, even if you're not looking to meet somebody to date, like to meet new friends and, you know, that old fashioned way of just connecting with people by nurturing your networks. And so I know I'm, so, I'm misanthrope, but I've been trying to do that a are little you, bit more. Are you nurturing new networks? Are you going to dump me? Are you going to dump the podcast? <laughs> do I have abandonment issues? No, I mean, just like to try and like get my social circle reinvigorated yeah. in anticipation of like, it's it literally, it's like 11 or 12 people that I consider friends, good friends, are like planning on leaving the city at least part of the year in the next two or three years. Where are they going? Most of them are going like just to other places in southern Ontario, so it's not like they're disappearing, but then it goes from, I'm going to see these people all the time for a coffee or whatever, to three, four times a year. If you're lucky. Yeah, and then a couple of them are moving to opposite ends of the country, so there are a couple of people who are really moving away, so maybe twice a year they come here, I go there, I don't know. Yeah. Now I'm depressed. I'm sorry. But we're going to be nurturing new networks. Hmm. Or maybe we could just take a drone to some new exciting locale. Now, that's what I call uh, perhaps an awkward segue. (laughs) That was an awkward segue, but yeah, that has to do with your story. Yeah, okay. Folks, there's really not a whole lot to say about this particular drone adventure. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to drone on about it. (laughs) You've been waiting all day for that. I have. Yeah, there's this terrific site. It's called Nature. Mm I. You can book for a half an hour. It costs anywhere from $85 to $95. Right now, you can book a drone, Mm -hmm. and from the comfort of your own home or in front of your own computer, you can go for a trip. And right now, the places that they're taking people to are Botswana, Kenya, Washington State. I'm pretty sure it's Washington State. Um, Machu Picchu, mm-hmm. which I've always wanted to go to. Um, and Cambodia, mm-hmm. which actually, ironically enough, is the cheapest of the places. It's Even only it's so $85 to go for a drone trip or to Iceland. Mm-hmm. It's pretty straight ahead. You choose a location. 
then you have to take some flight training. It's about mm, five to ten minutes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then you fly the drone. Right. With an experienced pilot yeah. who also acts as guide. Yeah, I must admit, my first thought was like, what? You have all these crazy people with five minutes of training flying drones around, but there is a co pilot with you. And I, that's, I, I had a lot of thoughts about this. One thing I thought was like, first of all, if you actually had a good guide pointing out things, for example, about like volcanoes and Iceland, which as we know, there's a ton of volcanic activity right now, that would be really interesting. So a lot Mm -hmm. of it would depend on the quality of the guide. Yeah. Um, And I also wondered whether part of the inspiration of this was during the lockdown phase of the pandemic, because remember there were all those things that were like these games where you could be plopped down into... You had to guess what city you were in or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, we because, did a podcast yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, 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 because we were all locked up in our homes. And it's, I wondered whether maybe they had this idea that, like, well, what if you could actually do live drone it tours did coming out of that. that? Oh, did it? Okay. Yes, it did. Actually, if you go, I, I didn't make note of all the people who were involved in it, but they have a lot of different people who are involved in organizing this. Mm. And they're really interested in ecotourism, mm-hmm. and they want people to be able to go and visit places and see places without upsetting the habitats. Right. Well, you know, one thing that I was thinking about, and this gets back to the point about having a good guide, is, as you know, I was in Iceland in the summer, and you go to all these places, and there would be, like, signs everywhere saying, like, no drones, no drones, no drones. And I think it's probably because, like, it's just ordinary amateurs flying these things around who are, like, annoying people, it's noisy, it's, you know, maybe they're disturbing wildlife or whatever, whereas this, the promise of this thing was, first of all, that they're low-noise and that you have these experienced co-pilots that are making sure you're not being an asshole, basically flying yeah. around and, let's, you know. Let's go, let's go down and buzz that <laughs> yes, exactly, yeah. herd of gazelles. Yeah. No, but actually what they do, Nature Eye, is, is that it's done in such a way that the amount of drones that are in the air mm-hmm. are always being watched so that they're not knocking into one another right. or crossing paths. So there right. isn't a lot of, can you imagine? Just the idea of drone traffic is something that we will be dealing with in the future. Yeah, no, I think that's right. And I was thinking about, because you were on Mount Etna recently in, yeah. in Sicily, you can imagine the applications for something like a drone with an experienced co-pilot taking you to parts that you couldn't actually access on foot and kind of giving you views of something that maybe you were curious about learning more about. To me, it would all turn on like how good the guide was slash co-pilot. Yes. But what a terrific way if you're thinking, okay, I want to go on the trip of a lifetime because these -hmm. these trips are insanely expensive. Of course. Yeah. And it really does open up the world to people who have like such as myself, who don't have the kind of money to go to Botswana right. on a, you know, I think I'll go on a hippo ride. And it gives you the opportunity to go, and then you can actually see these places, and you can pick the location that you want to go to. And I think it's, it's just for armchair travelers, mm-hmm. it's great. There is something about being there in person, obviously, but yeah. like I think as a thing that's like under $100 to do, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, something. but if you had smell-o-vision. <laughs> what was that? That thing that we were talking about a few months ago on the the uh, smelly uh, eye smell, the eye yeah. smell application. For your, <laughs> you just need some eye smell of uh, of uh, Iceland or whatever. Yeah, yeah. or hippo turds. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought it was really interesting and. I might try it out. Yeah, tell us about it if you do. Yeah, I would. I I would like to go to Machu Picchu because with my knees, I'd never be able to walk that. Mm -hmm. Would you like to go? 
Uh, I am very curious, but it is one of those things that you do worry about exactly what you're talking about in this piece, like the ecotourism applications of like so many people going to these kind of fragile places and like is it a problem that yeah. maybe you wouldn't be encouraging if you go yeah. with your drone? Oh, I just thought of all these other things I could ramble on about, but I will <laughs> muzzle myself. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thanks for listening, yeah, guys. Yeah, talk to you next time. Okay. Bye. Bye.